0: Hey, Coleraine. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Hey, Coleraine podcast. My name is Helen, and I'm the communication specialist for Coleraine Township. Last week, we talked about the Kissel Brothers Amusement Park and how it went from a one-person operation to the thriving several businesses that are represented in our community today. This week, we're going old school by cracking open the history of education here in our community. There were more than a dozen one- and two-room schoolhouses that served the Chlorine Township area around the turn of the century. But it wasn't until 1924 that these hollowed halls of education were actually brought together, centralized, and had some type of organized curriculum. We asked a few members of our community and the school district to come together to tell us more about the history of our schools and how that's impacted the future of education here in Chlorine Township. I want to introduce our panel today. We've got Lindsay Creasy, the Public Relations Supervisor for Northwest Local School District. Denny Hirsch, a Coleraine High School graduate from the class of 1964, and an active member of the Alumni and Booster Groups. We've also got Greg Stanley, who's also a Coleraine High School graduate, class of 1975. He's a lifelong Coleraine Township resident and a proud dad of three girls, all of whom graduated from Coleraine High School. So, Greg and Denny, can you tell me a little bit about the first schools that were established in our community?
1: At one point, there were over, or there were about 13 one and two room schools going back to at least the early 1900s and probably back in the 1800s. By 19, well, in the 1920s, one of them, which was called Round Top School, which is down where Coring Bowl used to be. It, it basically became, there was an elementary school, but you could go all the way up to about the 10th grade, but you could never graduate. There was no, you didn't, you couldn't graduate from Round Top School. We were told if you really wanted to graduate from high school, you need to go to Mount Healthy or North College Hill because they had four-year, you could graduate then. So by the mid-1920s, there was a movement then to bring, as they were able to get transportation to get all those kids from all those Uh, different one- and two-room schools, they came up with the idea to build a centralized school, which they laid the cornerstone in 1923. Uh, They opened for business in 1924, with the first graduating class then being in 1925. Uh, There were like 371 kids in that building, which is now Corrine Elementary. And uh, that housed kids from the first grade through the 12th grade. Uh, There was actually a gym on the second floor of what is now Colerain Elementary, um, because from early on, they had sports teams. The girls played uh, basketball. The boys played basketball. Sometimes the girls played softball. The boys always played baseball. Boys always played soccer up until they started football. Finally, about 1931 32, that building became too crowded, and that's when they built what is now Colerain Middle School, which back then was called Colerain High School. So, Colerain Elementary School remained Colerain Elementary, which it still is after 100 years, and Colerain Middle School then from 1931 32 until I graduated from that building in 1964. That was Coleraine High School. So, I mean, that kind of takes the early years up to 1964, up to the high school now.
0: What kind of classes were being offered there, particularly in like the 40s, 50s, 60s?
1: I went to the yearbooks. I have a 64-year book, a 59-year book at home. There's a 48-year book and a 55-year book over there. What I simply did, I looked at the faculty and what classes they taught. And what I can basically tell, like I'll I'll use my class as an example in 64, the school is basically divided in college prep kids, and I'm going to call general commercial industrial art kids, okay? If you were in college prep, as I was, your basic courses that you took were in social studies, world history, American history, American government. In science, you took biology, chemistry, and physics. In math, you took Algebra one, plain geometry, and Algebra two, and languages they had, and when I graduated, they had Spanish, French, Latin, and German. You took two years of a language. Uh, that pretty much was the curriculum. I think you needed like 17 credits to graduate. Um, you could take PE, PE you had to take PE, you had to take health, all right? That pretty much got you to 17. If you were in commercial, in other words, you probably weren't gonna to go to college. Uh, There were classes in typing. There were classes in bookkeeping, shorthand. Uh, If you were a boy, they had industrial arts, um, mechanical drawing. From what I can tell, looking at all these yearbooks, even if you go back to the 40s, the school was basically had some kids who were taking college, quote, college prep classes, and then you had other kids that were taking industrial arts and whatever. So there always was a career the kids who weren't going to go to college, so those pretty much were the classes that I could tell by looking at the yearbooks and using myself as an example.
2: I'll speak a couple of years later than Denny because I'm a little younger, <laughs> and uh, the big thing that happened in the '70s was in 1970 they opened the was called then the vocational schools now the career center, and um, what they did uh, at the time was they. Um, Superintendent Hammond, at Hammond, determined that there was a need for career education within the school district, and the district was growing throughout the 60s. Um, my family moved into the community in 1962, and I started my entire school career in Northwest schools, and uh, the district exploded. And um, what they did was, in 1970, they opened the, uh, the Career Center on the campus of the high school, Coleraine High School. And then when um, Northwest High School opened in the fall of 72 with a 10th and 11th grade class, they also had a career center there, a vocational building. And that was the biggest difference, I think, uh, between uh, Denny's era and my era in terms of education. They certainly wanted to try and best cater to the students and their needs and interests and abilities. And so you had, you know, the college prep track. You had a more general track and then you had a specific uh, career or vocational track and so that gave students more of an opportunity to best apply themselves and so uh, the course offerings that we had very similar to what denny references uh, you know foreign languages were important uh, you know had calculus and and math uh you know uh, civics uh social studies world history they would have also, the big thing in the 70s where they came up with uh, classes that were one quarter or one semester in length to focus in on a particular topic. As an example, in social studies, they had a class called Contemporary America. It was a half-year half course, and it was dealing with issues of the time, what was going on in the 60s and 70s. In, in uh, language arts you know, or English, they would have a class in poetry or journalism things like that. So it became more specified as opposed to courses that would cover broad topics that would allow the students to get to something a little bit more specific to them. They also would come up with, uh, I remember, they had like an advanced chemistry class for students who were going to pursue a track toward medicine or engineering, things like that.
0: And how has that changed over time to, to what the schools offer today?
3: Well, can I first say that I've enjoyed hearing so much about the history um, of the schools and and you know listening in as you guys tell stories and, and reminisce about it. You know they they have a saying that says the more things change, the more they stay the same. Um, and I hear them saying a lot of classes that were done in the late '60s or '50s, and some of those same classes we are still offering. Um, we still offer honors classes. We still offer you know your general education classes like PE and art and music, but we also have STEM-based learning classes, too, which is like science, technology, engineering, and math. Kids can participate in coding and digital arts and media. Um, we have animal care classes. We also have um, um, advanced placement classes and CCP classes as well. Um, our tagline for the district is educating tomorrow's leaders today. And I think about even myself when I was um, in early elementary. There was no such thing as a communications person or even someone that handled social media because it wasn't created. And so when we're thinking about classes and putting those things in place and our our curriculum department is doing that, um, we're thinking about what tomorrow will look like and trying to prepare our students for things that may not even exist today. And so career classes, careers that may not even exist. And so some of those same things are, are still happening. In 2021, our curriculum department and our, our district as a whole rolled out what we call our Portrait of a Graduate, um, which is a program that, you know, one takes rigorous curriculum that we have in the learning, but it also ties in real life skills Um, teachers, real life skills to students so that when they leave our doors, um, whether they're graduating or maybe even just matriculating from level to level, that they're prepared for whatever their next steps are. And so really teaching them those types of, um, I like to call them soft skills, but they're life skills that they need to have in order to be able to thrive at whatever it is they're doing academically. Some of those things are like having a learner's mindset, communication skills, empathy, Critical thinking, adaptability um, and even integrity are things that we are also tying into the learning for students. So they may be in, you know, math or art or music or advanced uh, math or ELA class, but they're also learning those soft skills that go along with it so that they're they're prepared for whatever their next steps may be.
0: That's beautiful. And how typical is that for schools these days? Is it something that every school offers or is it something that Northwest Local kind of really specializes in?
3: The program started in 2021. In 2022, we began working with our teachers in order to be able to implement that into the classrooms. And so it's something that is um, trickling out throughout the whole district and something that they're all working to try to implement um, district-wide.
0: So Greg and Denny mentioned technical schools and vocational training already. And Northwest Local actually has
3: a really unique relationship locally when it
0: comes to that.
3: Um, We have a very strong relationship with Butler Tech. Um, Butler Tech is one of the special things about our school district is that Butler Tech is actually on our campus as well. So some of our students go to Butler Tech to take classes. They can also stay at their school and take Butler Tech classes as well. It's a great partnership. Some of our kids walk away with associate's degrees by the time they're getting ready to graduate. Um, There are, I believe, over a 100 classes that may be offered between both schools, and so it's it's a great partnership to have, and we're thankful that, you know, our, our students get to put some of those skills into play. We always say our when our students graduate, they're either employed, enlisted, or enrolled, and so um, the employment piece is very important because that's really giving them some of the skills that they need to do well once they graduate. And some of those classes are also taken at the middle school level, too, so it's not just starting at high school. It's starting 6th, 7th, 8th grade and going all the way through through 12th, so it's a great partnership.
0: Sounds like it. I'm going to go back to Greg and Danny for a second. Looking into the, the histories of Coleraine and Northwest High School, we talked a little bit about the curriculum. Is there anything else that kind of stood out when you guys were looking back at the schools that really sparked your interest?
1: Uh, I want to tell you a couple stories. Uh, one of them is about how Coleraine became Cardinals. Um, in the first graduating class, there were nine kids who graduated. I had three kids graduate in Coleraine, 89, 92, and 98. Well, my daughter graduated in 89, of the original nine kids who graduated, four were still alive. So we tracked them down and we brought them to graduation that night up at Millette. And there was a fellow named Richard Joyce. And he said, yeah, you know why we're Coleraine Cardinals? I had no idea why we were Coleraine Cardinals. And he said, you know, when the school first opened back in 1924, he said there were three names that we could choose from, the Coleraine Reds, the Coleraine Pirates, or the Coleraine Cardinals. And he said at that particular time, the St. Louis Cardinals had the best baseball team. And he said, I gave a speech in front of the kids. Now remember, there was nine kids in the senior class. Okay, We're not talking 500. And he said, I argued that since the St. Louis Cardinals were the best baseball team or the best team at then, that... Colerain should take that nickname because we were going to be the best. And he said the kids voted, and they voted to become Colerain Cardinals. Could have become, mm-hmm. could have became Colerain Reds. Could have become Colerain Pirates. That is the story he told me about how we became Colerain Cardinals. The other story I think is worth mentioning. Uh, by 1941, the beginning of the Second World War, there had been probably about 300 total kids that had graduated from Coleraine. The classes even during the 30s were small, 25, 30, 35 kids. A lot of kids would start in elementary and they would just quit. I mean, depression, okay? But 1941, like I said, there were about 300 kids to graduate. Now you figure about half of them would be boys, all right? But yet in the Second World War, there were four kids from Coleraine killed in the Second World War, which when I think about it, four kids out of 150 boys or four kids out of 300 total class to me that's kind of a, uh, what most people don't know that but I find that very that's interesting, pretty interesting however yeah. you want to say it that we lost four kids from Coleraine High School in the Second World War and if you carry that through during Vietnam there were six kids killed from Coleraine High School but those were some of the I don't know some of the I thought people would find those things interesting on your little podcast.
3: We're a pretty big district. We span um, three different townships. There's Coleraine Township, Springfield Township, and Green Township makes up our district. and We right. have approximately 8,500 students um, present day. Um, well, pleasant Run about. was
2: included into the Colrain school system in roughly 1949, and uh, so that northern end of our district, northern end of, of Coleraine Township, was incorporated into the schools. And then in 1959, when Northwest Local School District was established as a district, uh, Montfort Heights uh, School was incorporated there as well to give us what we know today as the boundaries of Northwest Local Schools from the south and and Green Township, you know, through Coring Township, and then to the western part of Springfield Township. And um, what's interesting about that is... uh, My first year in school was 1962 and it was Denny's junior year. I was at Coleraine Elementary School and the district was uh, growing at such a rate that they were building schools, elementary schools, left and right. And um, after my kindergarten year uh, at Coleraine Elementary in 62-63, all of the families in my community, my neighborhood over here, which was basically directly behind the school, we were all transported to Pleasant Run Elementary for that next school year because of overcrowding at the, at the um, Pool Road location between the elementary school and the high school, and that was Denny's senior year. So I wasn't on the campus where you were that, that year. I mean, you were there, you had it all covered, but I was at Pleasant Run Elementary. And so we were there for that one year, and that was the last year that the high school was at on Pool Road, and then in the fall of 64, they opened at Cheviot Road at 8801 and then I was able to come back from Pleasant Run to Coleraine Elementary and finish out my education basically on those two campuses. Okay. Wow. And so, you know, what's interesting about that is too, in my cohort of kids, you know, I came back to Coleraine Elementary for the second grade, well, they were at that same time building and vital Elementary School, so there were kids in my second grade class well, I said goodbye to, because they were going to Ann Weigel the next year, and I wouldn't see them again until Coleraine High School. And then after my third grade year, they opened up Houston Elementary. So those kids that were going to go to Houston Elementary, I said goodbye to them. I'll see you back at Coleraine Junior High in the seventh grade. So it was very fluid in terms of attendance, uh, you know, because they were basically bursting at the seams. They are building Weigel Elementary, Houston Elementary. They ultimately built uh, Beavis Elementary, Everett Welch Elementary, uh, you know, it was just exploding. Hi. And so that was an interesting thing, too, because in my age group, uh, when we got to uh, and Junior High, there were kids that had come over from Pleasant Run Elementary, mm-hmm. got to know them again for my first grade years. And then I had to say goodbye to them after the ninth grade because they opened Northwest High School with 10th tenth, grade, tenth graders and 11th graders. Those who would have graduated from Northwest as seniors in the class of 73, they stayed at Coleraine. But there were kids who came to Coleraine High School in the 10th grade who went to Northwest as 11th graders. You had to be very nimble and very flexible. Right. And so that's the way the district was. I mean, we got up to about 14,000 students in those days. And the uh, classes, class of 73 at Colrain High School was around 900 students, 8 to 900, if not for the addition of Northwest High School, we would have been graduating over a 1,000 students. Right.
1: But we were thinking that by 1972, that present building would probably wasn't going to be big enough. But they had just asked the voters seven years prior to that to build the new high school. And then they probably didn't want, they didn't probably think people would support building even a newer high school seven years later. Mm-hmm. But they would support, you know, splitting the two high schools up they had to mm-hmm. face a bond issue to build a Northwest High School. So.
3: And that's phase three of the Master Facility Plan, so that features and deals mainly with our high schools. Okay.
0: I think it's a testament too to to people moving to the Coleraine Township area and really wanting to start families and have these kids that the enrollment just skyrocketed like that right. too.
1: If you look at the whole area, mm-hmm. not just us, but all the United States, I mean, after the Second World War, so many people moved out of the city, and they had to move somewhere. Well, they moved up to Coleraine and Oak Hills and Mm -hmm. Anderson, uh, Princeton, and then as time went on, some of those older inner suburbs have now moved up even further north.
0: That's true. That's absolutely true. What are some ways that Coleraine Township residents, whether it be alumni or Um, People who are just interested um, in the history of the schools, how can they support that history and keep in touch with that history while still supporting schools in the future, in your
3: opinion? I say be involved. I mean, I think there's nothing like coming to a game or um, as a parent participating in a PTA. um, There's nothing like getting involved and knowing about the issues that we have or coming to our website and just being engaged. Um, I think that is very important you one help us carry on the tradition that used to live because honestly we are we're the same great school district we were back in the you know thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties that the these gentlemen talk about. We're still a great school district, um and so being involved, I think um, continues to push our legacy even further.
0: Going back a little bit, what are some of your fondest memories of being at school here in Cloine Township?
2: Interestingly enough, I think that people, being from Cincinnati, I think it's a Cincinnati thing or maybe a West Side thing. Uh, typically, when you meet someone new, oftentimes it's, where did you go to high school? You know, what, what school did you go to? And um, you know, that's how people connect. And I find that uh, my best friends in life are my friends from high school. Not necessarily the people I went to university with or people I worked with. It's the people I went to high school with, and I could um, very quickly get five friends on online, you know, very quickly to uh, text or say we're going to get together and do something. So that's, you know, one of the fondest things about the school. I've always been a supporter of the, the athletic programs there. I remember the best basketball team in Colorado's history was in 1967, contrary to what Denny might say about his class of 64. <laughs> Uh, but they were undefeated in league play or in, in regular season. So were we. they. played a weak schedule. Well, but my point <laughs> is, is that that's when I started following the school's athletics. And so through high school and even beyond high school after high school when I was in Columbus at Ohio State, I kept tracks of what was going on at Colrain. Mm. How was the football team doing? How was the baseball or basketball teams doing? And so, you know, the the relationships that I've maintained over the years are based on what happened within the school system and you know I'm still a resident of the community and some of my best friends are still some have moved away but you know many of them are still here and so that's one of the biggest things and as an adult as a parent uh, we became involved with the boosters um, when our oldest daughter was in the ninth grade and uh, my wife and I were very active with that um, we were the ones who started the first elementary night uh, with the football program. And uh, that was something that um, we started in the fall of 95, and it's gone on to this day. And concept of that was it was a way to gather the children in the school system together to come to a football game. And what we did was elementary night, we invited every elementary student at the time. There were five feeder schools to in High School. Gave them a free ticket to the game, we gave them a tailgate party providing food and drink for them and then prior to the game we took them down to the field to form a tunnel for the players to run through mm-hmm. and that was a huge night and what's interesting about it was the first one was in 1995 now we have children who were football players who ran through the tunnel some of those kids that were lining the tunnel they've run through it and now some of those players have kids that are lining the tunnel again That's so it's something that keeps the community going and has, you know, instills pride in the community and in the schools.
1: That is a
3: well-attended event. Um, kids look forward to it every year to participate in it. It's, it's, it's really great. And that's one thing that we say about our school district is that we, there's a lot of community pride um, in our schools. A lot of families um, who have children and their children's children and their children's children and their right. children's children have come through our schools. Um, and, you know, some of them come back to even work. our school district which we love as a school district we're working now with the township and with the chamber thinking just of next steps of how do we keep our students here once we've trained them you know once we've educated them and either they go off to college or they go into the working world how do we bring them back um, to this community um, in order for our community to continue to thrive
1: i would just say a couple things too we are in the process of um, next year's graduating class. I told you this, um, not this year, but next year is the 100th graduating class from Coleraine High School. So, Greg and I are heading up, and there's a bunch of other people involved. What activities are we going to do to honor that? But to give you some idea, at our first meeting, Megan, she's a fifth generation, or no, her kids are fifth generation Coleraine kids, okay? And another one of the guys on the, class, or on the committee, a kid named Dan Huss, who graduated in 57, his mom was one of the ones in that first graduating class. And he's had like, I think he's a four, maybe even a five generation. But I, I don't know, in a lot of ways, even though times have changed, I think kids in high school, the things that Greg's talking about, those friendships, they're still developing those things. They still got their athletic teams. They still got their Mm -hmm. dramas. They're still going to go to the prom. Uh, They still look forward to homecoming. Mm -hmm. So I think in a lot of ways, uh, some of those, there are kids right now developing the same things that Greg and I are talking about.
0: Absolutely. A lot of pride, a lot of generational pride in the schools.
2: I might add that on Northwest, you know, I referenced the elementary night at at Colerain. Northwest also has an elementary night and they call it KNIGHT as in Northwest Knights. But the thing with Northwest, too, we were referencing the fact that um, the class of 24 is Corrine's 100th class. The class of 23 at Northwest is their 50th class. And so they actually had a a get-together at a football game last fall to bring back former teachers and alums there to celebrate that 50th year. And there is a tremendous amount of pride at Northwest High School. And they've had a, a number very accomplished graduates over the years. As an example, I uh, don't know if you follow uh, track and field, there's a man by the name of Lewis Johnson. He covers the Olympics for NBC Sports. He's a 1983 graduate of Northwest High School. And he actually performed in the Olympic trials in 1988 in the 800. Wow. And so uh, Lewis Johnson is a fine example of a graduate of, of Northwest High School. And uh, Sharon Kennedy... Who's the going? She's now the chief justice of the Ohio Supreme Court. Is a Northwest High School graduate. Um, you know, oftentimes a lot of focus is often on Corinne High School, but at the same time, if you're a Northwest Knight, you're very proud of that school. And uh, you know, I have some very good friends because of my time at Pleasant Run Elementary, uh, whom I know from those days, who went on to very great things. Uh, one of the Westchester Township trustees, Mark Welch. Is a Northwest High School graduate, class of 1975.
0: Clearly, there's a lot of good talent coming out of Northwest High School. I appreciate you sharing some of it with us. So if people want to learn more about the alumni associations at either Colerain or Northwest, about the boosters, about the history of our great schools, or what they can do now, how can people learn more and connect with the three of you?
1: There are two websites. If you just go to colerainalumni.com, Uh, There's all kind of information there about um, uh, past history, about people we know that have passed away, and so on. That would be one. And if you go into the high school athletic website, wearecolrain.com, and you choose fan zone, and under fan zone, there's something called Touch Pro, which has uh, even a lot more information, old class pictures, old records, and so on. And then the boosters themselves have their own website. So if you're looking for kind of a, a Greg and I have been talking and if you want to spend more time looking at all those things that's what I would recommend.
3: And you can learn more information um, about Northwest Local School District on our website um, at nwlsd.org or you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter um, at nwlocal. So we're always putting out information, we're always sharing the achievements of our students and what they're doing, the programs that we're rolling out, all that good stuff. We invite you to come visit, check us out online.
2: One other thing I would just add is that uh, we've been talking about anniversaries and this year, uh, 2023 is the 75th anniversary of the Coleraine Boosters. The organization was founded in 1948 and basically it was a group of concerned parents along with uh, faculty and administrators who identified needs Uh, to support students involved in extracurricular activities that uh, couldn't be met with uh, general operating dollars. And so what they did was they formed together to establish an organization to do fundraising events to uh, provide those extras for the students uh, that they wouldn't ordinarily receive. And uh, Denny showed me, he being the archivist for the school, in many senses, gave me a copy of the uh, first booster, booster fundraising event. It was a dance, and they made, uh, what was it, 40 or $50 or something Saturday. like that. That
1: 1948.
2: And they had a dance, and oh, uh, wow. very detailed. <laughs> but since that time, the boosters have been very active in doing fundraising. They, as an example, uh, when they established the new football stadium at the current site, uh, they didn't have lighting, and the boosters paid for the lighting. Uh, for that, so they, they could have nighttime football games. So, subsequent to that, uh, they built uh, concession stands, storage mm-hmm. buildings, um, soccer, dedicated soccer field. And then in 2004, the Boosters championed an effort to put artificial turf in Coleraine Stadium. And that was a $500,000 project that was effectively, the money was earmarked and, and committed to within six months. And the boosters handled the entire financing. The project was completed without the use of any taxpayer dollars. And it was all through individual contributions and some corporate support, etc. But it was something that the community became very focused on. And the boosters have a real uh, strong history in meeting the needs of the schools. And um, in collaboration, the needs are identified and we try to develop methods by which we can support those needs.
0: I'm sure the, the kids are definitely benefiting from things like that.
2: And it's all extracurriculars. It isn't just sports because sometimes we'll say, people will say it's the Coleraine Athletic Boosters. It is not. It's the Coleraine Boosters which basically support uh, students in athletics, performing arts, and we provide support to the uh, academics as well. We have uh, annual scholarships that are provided to graduating seniors. Same thing at Northwest High School with the Northwest Boosters.
3: That's incredible. We're super appreciative of our, our partnership with the Boosters um, that we have. I think it offers students, extracurricular activities in general, offers students an opportunity to really meet other diverse students that they may not necessarily come in contact with, um, you know, and to apply some of the things that they're learning in the classroom in real life situations, whether it's on the court, football field, or, you know, at in a performance. So it's it's great we're super thankful for um the relationship that we have with with the boosters
0: i appreciate all three of you joining me today to talk about the history of our schools all the pride our community has for them and to discuss what's on the horizon so thank you all for joining me today
1: okay thank you you.
3: there you go
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Hey Coal Rain. New episodes will be available each month. So be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts on. And hey, we're social. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also learn more about what's going on in our community by visiting our website at colrain.org. On behalf of all of us here at Coleraine Township Administration, I'm Helen, and thanks for listening to Hey Coal Rain.